You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number two. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Oh, my goodness. Episode number two. It's exciting. You know, it's so funny because I recorded the first podcast and my neighbor's dogs were barking (laughs) and barking and barking. And I just want to apologize to those of you that heard that. It was hard not to hear it. And thank you for your patience. And I just, you know, I had tried recording it after that and it just wasn't the same information. (laughs) So it felt important to just have that podcast be perfectly imperfect. And there it is. (laughs) So anyway, I want to welcome everybody here. I'm so, so happy that you're here, that you found me. I'm just really thrilled to be doing this podcast and having this vehicle to be able to talk to you. Those of you who don't know me, I am the founder of prosperouspetbusiness.com. We do a yearly online conference with big pet business speakers and mind, body, spirit speakers. And it's just so fun to be able to mix mind, body, spirit with business, which is really the way I've managed my own business. And so I'm looking forward to bringing in some of the topics to this podcast that, you know, I might not go over in a webinar because they're not specifically business related, or maybe they weave in a little bit of business. I will be talking about business items for sure. And it's just fun for me to be able to talk about other subjects that, you know, I might not have on a webinar. Like today, I'm going to be talking about how to attract your ideal clients. So just really happy to be here today. So I want to dive in about ideal clients and ask you, who is your ideal client now? And why would you even want to have your ideal client? So when I had my pet business and I owned it for 18 years before I sold it, I realized that when I had my ideal clients and I was working with them, I was really enjoying working with them because they were my ideal clients. So different types of businesses may reveal different types of ideal clients. So I know some of you are listening and you're a dog trainer. Others are pet groomers. Maybe you're a pet sitter, dog walker. Whatever your service-based business is, you're going to have a different ideal client than a different service-based business, even if it's a pet business. So... For me, when I had my own pet sitting service, I was able to determine what my ideal client was. And it was somebody for me that loved our service and they referred us to many of their friends because that made marketing really easy, right? If they loved our service and talked about us, they would bring in more clients easily and effortlessly. They would be one of my marketing streams. My ideal client also would travel often or they'd use us five or more days a week for dog walking. They'd be fine with having multiple sitters care for their house and their pets. And in fact, they preferred having multiple sitters because then if one wasn't available, they'd be able to use another one. 
Also, they were easy to please and they complimented us often for the care we provided. So that was really satisfying. You know, when we're appreciated, it really makes us feel good, like we're doing a good job. And in this business, it's really important. You know, a lot of us are extending ourselves to the full capacity. And when we get gratitude back, it's really satisfying. So my ideal clients for my coaching service, that was that's a totally different client, right? Because it's a totally different business. So my ideal clients for my coaching service is somebody that wants to have or is ready to create mind-blowing success in their business and their life. I really like people that want to really work on their business and their life because I see both as really interchangeable. You know, they both impact, they each impact each other. It's important to focus on both of them. They're coachable. They're open and willing to receive guidance and suggestions. That's really important because I'm there. They're hiring me. They want me to help them. I'm ready to help them. But if they're not coachable and they're not really open and willing to receive the guidance and explore acting on them, then it's almost like, why am I there? So I really, really appreciate somebody that's coachable. If they have a pet business, they want to have a business and a life, not just a successful business. I work with some people just life coaching. However, the majority of people I work with have pet businesses. So I really enjoy working with somebody that wants to have a great business and a great life. You know, it's not just about having a really profitable business, although that's a part of it. I really appreciate, this isn't necessarily my ideal client, but I appreciate clients that are interested in spiritual and or personal growth so I can really help my client move beyond the limiting beliefs that may be holding them back from living their best life. So that is kind of a want rather than a must have for my ideal client. It just makes it easier when I work with people. So think about it. What is your ideal client? And you can write it in the show notes. I'd love to hear. Feel free to type it in and you can go to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast two, which is the number two. And if you scroll down, you'll see the comment section and you can comment either by Facebook or just type in your name and your email address. We won't show the email address. Don't worry. Um, We'll just see your name. If you want to put your website link in, you can. It helps actually with search engine optimization for you. So when you do post on a blog or, you know, on a web page like that, it's a good idea to put your uh, company name because then that does help with SEO. So who would you have to be and what would your client's experience of your business have to be like in order to attract your ideal client? So I'm going to repeat that and really let it sink in. Who would you have to be and what would your client's experience of your business have to be in order to attract your ideal client? So when we show up a certain way, we attract in the way that we're showing up. So how do you have to show up? If you want someone that loves your service and refers you to many friends, how do you have to show up? You have to do a great job, right? for them to refer, and consistently doing a great job. 
If you want to have a client that travels often or uses you five days a week for dog walking, how do you have to show up? Again, consistency is really important, right? You're available. You're able to provide the dog walkers that are needed. So really look at how would you have to show up. Put yourself in your ideal client's shoes and ask yourself, how would I want to be served by this business if I was a client of my business? So rarely do we look at our business from our client's perspective. We're so busy marketing and doing the services that we're providing that we're not able to step back and go, how would I want to be served by this business if I was a client? You know, what would feel good to me? What would cause me to keep coming back? What would cause me to tell lots of friends and family about this particular business? What would it take? So to really look at that, take a moment. It's also good to determine your core business values. And there are so many values, and these are just a few. And in the show notes, I'm going to post a values list, and you can look at that, and you can circle the ones that you think might be your business values. And I really encourage you to hone it down to five values. No more, no less. And it can be hard. It can be hard to hone it down, right? There are lots of things we think might be our values. Some of them might be reliability, honest, caring, compassion, integrity, connection, playfulness, fun, but really looking at what are your core values. It's amazing to me because so many, and this ties in with core values, so many business owners do not have a mission statement. And the mission statement is literally the foundation upon which the business stands. Because out of that comes the service and the heart, right? And the clearer you are about your values and your mission statement, the more effectively you can attract your ideal clients. It's powerful. And so when you get your values, you want to craft your mission statement from your values. So if your values are joyfulness, honesty, dedication, service, Your mission statement might be something like, my mission is to ensure that I bring honesty, dedication, and the spirit of service joyfully into everything I do in my business. You'll probably find when you're looking at your ideal clients, they're going to share a lot of your values, which is why they're drawn to you, right? So how do you get your clients to share your values? Well, your mission statement can help. It helps alert them, hey, this is a resonant business. They believe what I believe. You can also tell them in a newsletter your values. You know, that can be incredibly powerful. A lot of companies don't do that. They don't explicitly say, these are my values. This is what I stand for in my business. But wow, it's potent when you do that. So Why do you need to determine your core values and your mission statement? Again, it's like the foundation of your business. And it gets you into total and utter clarity of what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's the why that brings it all together, right? You want to have your business be based on your core values and your mission statement. 
I believe that a business that is really living into its values and mission statement is a really attractive and yummy business to its clients. And not only that, what comes with values and the mission statement and really being clear about what those are comes awareness and alignment. And that creates congruency and attractiveness. It really does. Individuals are really drawn to that, right? They're drawn to companies that have values that are attractive. Something that a lot of people forget when they're in business, especially if you're struggling in your business, if you want more clients and it's not happening, it's good to remind yourself that what you want wants you. I remember hearing that from a friend a while back. Many a few years ago, I was really wanting to attract a great relationship into my life, a wonderful partner. I'd been single for a while. I'd been looking. I wasn't finding it. And it was pretty frustrating for me. And my friend said something really profound. She said, what you want wants you. You know, he's searching for you too in the way that you're searching for him. That gave me a lot of peace. And your clients are the same way. You know, they want you as much as you want them. So the more you can be clear about who you are in your business and how you run your business, that can attract them to you. So how do you stay true to your mission statement? Once you have it, how do you stay true to that? So I really recommend that you become clear on who you are meant to serve and determining your ideal clients is very profound. It really creates a lot of clarity there. Also, being really clear about the services that you're providing. And a lot of pet business owners provide a ton of services, and their services end up getting pretty diluted because they have so many services they're offering. So I don't really recommend that. I recommend that you perhaps pick four or five services. You know, from that, maybe you're a pet sitter and you provide pet sitting, dog walking, overnight sitting, pet taxi you know, and daycare during the day in your home, you know, but you don't want to have grooming and all of those things. It can be too much and it dilutes your service. The other way that you can really stay true to your mission statement is to hire only people that are in alignment with your vision. So how do you do that? You let them know what your vision is. You let them know your core values in your business as well as your mission statement. And ensure that your services are in alignment with your mission, too. That's really, really important. And you can measure how well your business has stayed true to the mission each day. You can create a worksheet for yourself. You can have someone ask you each day. I work with an action buddy, or I have an action buddy, that I send my to-do list to each day. She's not another pet business owner, but she is a business owner. And so we each send our to-do list and we'll often put, you know, how well we've lived into our values and our mission statement that day. It's really important too to trust that money is a byproduct of staying true to your mission. You know, that's not the end result. And for most of us, if we really got honest with ourselves, money is a byproduct, right? Really, it's about creating a business that we love, that we love to run, that works, 
that's a well-oiled machine that provides for our needs and wants. It's not, the end result is not, I'm going to make a million dollars. Although that's great if you do that. It's more about creating a business and a life that you love to run and that's profitable, you know, and really staying true to our values and our mission statement is going to bring that to us because it's going to draw our right clients in. And again, a business that stays true to its mission is an attractive business. So clients are going to really be drawn to that. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. So after you've figured out your values and created a mission statement, then it's time to create a service statement. You may be thinking, what's a service statement? It's really looking at, especially because you're providing a service business, right? You're providing a service for your clients. That's the statement that you have that describes your service and how you're going to do your service. So this can come from asking yourself the question, how would I want to be served or treated by this business? It's like, again, stepping away from our business and looking at, if I were a client, how would I want to be served? How would I want to be treated? And living by the golden rule, right, do unto others as you would have done to you, it's extremely attractive when we're living our life from that place and we're running our businesses from that place, from a really genuine place, not like I'm going to do this so you'll give me money, you know, but really getting, going deep within and really discovering that that is important to you. And for most of us, it is, you know, we just get kind of cloudy and we forget. So here's some examples of a service statement. Listen and give our ideal clients what they tell us they want, right? It's not about us going after what we want. It's really about listening. So that could be your service statement. To serve others in a way that we would want to be served might be your service statement. 
to fulfill our client needs beyond their expectation, right? That can be really powerful. I remember when I had my pet sitting company and I would have my overnight pet sitting clients say, our house was even cleaner than when we left it. And that was also often so wonderful to hear. And it's sort of like when you go camping, there's sort of an unspoken rule to leave the campsite better than when you found it, right? So to fulfill our clients' needs beyond their expectation can be a very powerful service statement. And to be appreciative and respectful of our clients might be your service statement. Appreciation really does wonders and it creates appreciation from whoever you're appreciating, right? Another service statement, and this can be really good if you're having a hard time returning calls and emails. So to return all client emails and phone calls within 24 hours. So the service statement isn't necessarily something you would put on your website, but it would be something that you would talk to your staff members about, that you would be aware of each day before you start your day so that you get an alignment before you answer your first phone call or return your first email. And I would even post it in your office where you can see it. I just want to remind you, because you may be thinking, well, how can I attract my ideal client? You have the power to attract your ideal client. It's really important to shift your thinking about your business from a scarcity mentality to an abundance mentality. So how do you do that? Turn your attention from your difficult clients or a lack of ideal clients to focus on what you want to create and keep your focus there. Be unwavering. And I'm going to be honest, it's like going to the gym after a few days, it's going to become a habit, but it does take a while usually for some of us. And the unhealthiness of negative thinking isn't going to feel good after a while. Once you've been really focusing on what you want to create, the thinking around what you don't want to create isn't going to feel so good anymore. And then eventually thinking positive is going to become a really healthy habit and that's going to feel good. And thinking negatively isn't going to feel good, but it really is about creating a shift in our brain. And the thing is how we think does create our reality, right? Thoughts are things. So you have thoughts, they create feelings. Those feelings create action and action creates your reality. That's the truth. That's the way it works. It's not mumbo jumbo or woo woo. (laughs) It actually thoughts do create actions. You know, there are a few steps in between, like I said, but thoughts create actions. So how are you thinking? Are you practicing mental hygiene today? You know, and it's just as much energy to think positively as it is to think negatively. So why not think positively? You'll be happier, have a better life, and you'll absolutely have a more successful pet business for sure. So you want to share with your staff and especially your managers if you have them who your ideal clients are so they can be in the game of attracting them too. And it's really a game, right? We want to think about business like a game, not like drudgery. It's not about that. And if you can really be enthusiastic with your staff and your managers, that's going to help them get in the game too. So how do you do that? How do you share with your clients who your ideal clients are? 
So share your mission statement and your customer service statement with your staff and get your staff involved and ask them, is there anything you think we should add to this statement? You know, they can have some great feedback. They're in the trenches with you, you know, doing the job. They might have some really powerful things to add. So one of the things that is a good thing to do to practice, and this can be something that we forget to do, but I really encourage you to explore it, is to go to bed reflecting on the day. So really, really thinking about how how was I today? You know, was I practicing mental hygiene? Was I in a positive frame of mind? How did I treat my clients today? Was I living into my service statement, my mission statement, my values? You know, really reflecting on that is going to give you the insight to be able to step into tomorrow in a new way and, you know, to really be in alignment with your service statement, your mission statement, your values. It's really important to listen to your intuition and your gut. A lot of pet business owners, when I'm coaching them, they'll call me in a panic. You know, we'll have our first session and they'll be like, oh my God, I have this horrible client. And I'll say, was there any red flags that arose when you were first talking to them? Think back to your very first communication with them, whether it was email or phone. Were there any red flags? And they would often say, yes, there was this. You know, they seemed neurotic or, you know, they wrote a super long email that seemed perfectionistic, like they were looking for the perfect pet sitter or the perfect dog trainer and it felt like too much. So it's important for you to really listen to your intuition and gut when you're connecting with your clients, especially for the very first time. You know, is this somebody that I want to take on? Because those difficult clients can just sap your energy and it's not worth it. And we're really looking at how to attract your ideal clients here. So it's not about bringing in difficult clients. That's not a good idea. (laughs) So make a list of the ideal clients that you already have and then add names to the list as you get more right? So what we focus on, we create and attract into our lives. So there may be clients that you have already that are your ideal clients and they are wonderful. Have the names listed where you can read it daily and that's going to remind you that it's possible. So I put important things that I want to remember right in front of my desk in my office. I have this It's like a bulletin board. It's like a magnetic board in front of my office desk. And anything that I really want to remember, and especially things that are going to help me create and stick to mental hygiene, I put there because it's the first thing I see, right? So having your list of the ideal clients and then pulling it down when you need to to add to the list as you get more ideal clients is going to create that habit of, oh my gosh, the list is growing, you know, really believing that it's possible and helping you draw more ideal clients to you. So I talked about this in the last podcast that breakdowns really lead to breakthroughs if you can navigate it properly, right? So some of the breakdowns that you might have around drawing your ideal clients to you might be 
realizing that you have so many difficult clients and you know the majority of the clients that you have are not your ideal client. So that can be a breakdown when that awareness comes to be. You just go, oh my God, no. But if you persevere and you begin to weed them out of your environment <laughs> and your roster of clients, that's going to lead to a breakthrough. And it also creates, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. So it creates space for your right clients to arrive. And you don't necessarily need to weed out your bad clients in order to have your good clients arrive, but it definitely helps. And it'll force you to get into action too, to really begin to do the action steps it takes to get your ideal clients. So one of the things that can also help you get your ideal clients is if you are doing tasks in your job and your business that you really enjoy, because then you're really focused on what brings you joy and you're going to bring more joy to you, right? So decide what you're really good at in your business and spend the majority of your time doing that. For some of you, it might be actually doing the service part of your business. So you are visiting pets, you are dog training, you are, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. For others, it might be, you know, I really love answering the phone and returning client emails and handling the customer service aspect of my business. But the more you're doing the jobs that you love, the more you're going to have a successful business. So begin to hire out those things that are really challenging for you that you don't enjoy, you know, that, and start with one that is one of those things that you just drag your feet to do, whatever it is. You'll know what it is. <laughs> so own your expertise. A lot of people don't do this. And when you own your expertise, then you begin to attract even more ideal clients to you. So you can write articles about pet care and local online or print publications to attract your ideal client, right? They're going to be reading. They'll go, oh my God, this sounds like a service I want. So Become an expert in your field by furthering education if need be. That's something that can be really powerful. A lot of the associations have conferences. You know, we have a yearly conference every year. It's an online conference. But really immerse yourself in the education aspect of your business. So another thing that can be very helpful in attracting your ideal client, and again, it may seem very random, it's like, really, is that going to help me? But it does, is cleaning your office, because a messy office isn't attractive, even if clients don't see it. <laughs> you see it. You're living in it, right? You're working in it. And we work a lot in our offices. I mean, I know some of you, probably a number of you are out in the field a lot, returning calls, returning emails on your smartphones, all of that. That's great. But eventually you have to come back to your office, right? Wherever that may be, even if it's that little spot on your kitchen table, you know, if you don't have space for an office, keep that office space, whatever it is, clean, tidy, organized, you'll feel better. And that is going to come through when you're on the phone, when you're with clients, you know, having that clean, organized office really makes a difference. 
So another thing that can help you attract your ideal clients to you is having an email signature that really reflects what you are seeking to attract. So an example of this might be, you know, underneath your email signature is to say something like, we now have space for five day a week dog walk clients. Email us now about this or tell your friends and family. That can be something great. So you want to check and return your email three or more times daily if possible. And that also includes phone calls. So returning the phone calls as often as possible, that lets clients know that you're responsive. It really matters. A lot of pet business owners are so busy that they're not returning client calls and emails in a timely manner. They may take 72 hours to respond. And it's, you know, I hear that so often from pet business owners. I hear it from pet parents. You know, I called this pet sitter. They never called me back. Even if you can't do it, give them a quick call and say, I'm sorry, I'm not available. And if you don't check email on the weekends, create an autoresponder that states that you don't so that clients know and they're aware of that. So thank you so much, everybody. And I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.